Agents Podcast. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Code Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. In this week's episode, Andrew Greer, a top real estate developer in San Diego, delivers a masterclass on qualified opportunity zones, owner financing and seller carryback, and why it is important for real estate agents to understand these concepts when talking to investors and developers. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lab Coat Agents podcast. And today, we have a pretty cool guest, if I don't say myself. I mean, he's uh, kind of similar to Superman. He's faster than a speeding bullet, stronger than a locomotive, able to jump tall buildings in a single bound. And he's a real estate developer and the CEO of Thomas Strafford Investments, my good buddy from Closing Table Mastermind, Andrew Greer. Hey, how are you doing, Jeff? Welcome, my friend. So I just put you in a very tall light. Uh, so please don't <laughs> let the listeners down, okay? It, it, uh, I always like to uh, be the person that everyone thinks I am. So it makes it easier for me to shoot for that next level. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Andrew, you know, you and I have known each other for about a year and a half now. And before, well, actually, we've already introduced this prior to me even starting this podcast. So they already know what we're going to talk about. So before we get started, I want to talk about uh, what we talked about the last time I had you on a podcast, which was like a year or two years ago. And we talked about sock puppets. Yeah, yeah. So, so, oh. so I think if you don't know who Andrew is, or you do, so Andrew's in the San Diego area, right? You, you do development and, and yep. real estate agenting in San Diego. And um, you had a show on Facebook at one time that was with sock puppets. Tell the listeners a little bit about that and how you kind of grew your, your, your viewership and uh, your brand. Yeah, so uh, we use Sock Puppets, me and a partner of mine, um, another agent, and we interviewed local businesses with the Sock Puppets and then with ourselves to create those connections, those loose ties that we didn't have before through actually going out and meeting local business owners. Um, Obviously, as an entrepreneur myself, I like to work with other entrepreneurs, and it was really a great way to help push their brand while introducing me to them and building relationships with them. So, and it's turned out quite fruitful um, as far as making the connections, getting some business done, and tying, tying together a few deals just from meeting with those people. He was, a, it's, and this is like the digital mayor strategy, right? I mean, you basically just went out, you promoted other businesses. And you didn't have to sell yourself. It was just a soft sale because you and your business partner were just interviewing them, but they were sharing it with their SOIs. We talk about this all the time and it's such a brilliant strategy. But, but the sock puppet piece is what grabbed my attention. So he would open every episode up with two sock puppets and it was hilarious. It was our, it was our thumb stopper. So that's, and, and uh, that was the hook. That's like your hook. It's like yeah. you see two sock puppets talking to each other on a Facebook uh, video, and it's like, oh, damn, I got to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just you guys giggling and laughing. It was so good. 
It was so good. If if you haven't seen this, where can they go find that if somebody wants to go see that? Just not, again, we're getting a little, we're digressing yeah. here, but that's okay. Uh, where can they go see that? Where can they find that? Well, if you search Sock Talk, you'll find it. So that it's Sock Talk and it's on Facebook. I believe we have some stuff up on YouTube. We're not doing it anymore right now just because of where the business went. And I've been really focusing on the development side. I've actually started doing more podcasts with people and less of that and building up my network in a different way. So if somebody wants to run with the socks, I think it's worth it. It worked out incredibly well for us and was very easy. Yeah, awesome. and it was great. And it was if there if you ever can if there ever was a reason to hook somebody a watcher in or a viewer in, that's a great example of a very unique idea that was very cool. But let's get into the let's get into the meat and potatoes. So we want to talk today primarily uh, about real estate development, right? So we're going to talk about qualified opportunity zones. Do you know what that is? If you don't, Andrew's going to tell you. Uh, we're going to talk about some owner fan financing, seller carries. And if we have time, we're going to talk a little bit about some of his projects coming up where he's going to be doing some demolition work, which is pretty damn fascinating, if you ask me, which would also make really good media for oh, yeah. social media as well. So, okay, Andrew, let's get into, let's get into the, the, the nuts and the bolts and talk about this whole qualified opportunity zones that you talk about, that you've told me about. And um, let's educate the listener as to some opportunities that are out there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go a little bit of the mind numbing stuff up front so you can understand the value of it but then i'll talk about how it actually can work into your business as an agent um as an agent wanting to invest or working with investors to bring them high quality products so qualified opportunity zones is a program that was put together with the tax plan that came through about 18 months ago and what it does is it's basically a 1031 exchange on steroids So it allows individuals to take capital gains, which is what you make in your profit on a property, also what you make when you sell stock, also what you make when you sell your business, but any type of capital gain, short-term, long-term, and invest them into real estate on a deferred tax basis. That means that if you place that money into an investment, you don't pay any taxes on it. It's deferred out 10 years or until you pull it out. From there... What it does, and this let me, is where let me, let me stop you right there. So, until you pull it, so let define what happens at ten years, um, yeah. and then and then define what pulling it out means. Yeah, so pulling it out would be the actual selling of your of the stock or equity. So, if you put it into an investment property, if you sold it at that point, if it is prior to ten years, you would pay the taxes then. If you go past ten years. Years. at the 10th year you pay those taxes whether you pull it out or not so you pay the taxes so you can keep your money in your investment you pay the taxes but here is where the benefit really kicks in on it so after after um five years you receive a 10 percent deduction in basis on that money so if you owed ninety thousand dollars in taxes you now own I'm going to say 100000 because it's going to make the next number harder to do. $100,000 in taxes, you would owe ninety at that point. So in, if you sold any point from there on, you would owe 90000 instead of 100000 So you got 10000 just straight to you. After seven years, you reduce down to 15%, so another 5% off. 
So now instead of paying 100, you pay 85. After year 10, you still pay just the 85% if you haven't done anything. So you make that payment. But here's where it makes all the sense in the world. You make every dollar after that 100% tax free. So you pay your taxes at 85% of what it would have been. And then every dollar. So if you make $2 million on this investment, 100% tax free as long as you sell before 2046. So 2046, why? Yes, that's, that's when the program ends. If you don't do it by then, it becomes just a regular asset. You've already paid your taxes on your basis in there, but it just becomes a regular asset. So 2046, great year for agents coming down the pipe. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so what that, what this does is it's, it's designed to gentrify and redevelop 8,500 different census districts across all of the United States and its territories. So these zones are they're all over San Diego. They're all over every state. So when you invest, you have a requirement to spend the value of the property, just the actual building, not the dirt. You have to spend 100% of that within the first 31 months. So it's a development play. They're looking for you to build out further. That means all of these areas are going to get a whole lot nicer because people are incentivized to dump the money in to build. So this is where I think it gets incredibly exciting for agents. What does that mean for your clients who currently own in what could be a bad neighborhood? It means investors are coming in and looking to spend money. So there's more value for them to sell now. It also means that if you have investors that say aren't developers, but like right now I'm sitting in a qualified opportunity zone property and next door there's one property. The other side of the street isn't a qualified opportunity zone. But if you bought that house, it's actually an eightplex. If you bought that eightplex, knowing that this area over here was going to get redeveloped, like we're dumping um, just over $4 million into this build. And it's going to change the whole dynamic of the neighborhood. So if you own that property, even though it's not in the qualified opportunity zone, you're going to get those benefits on your long-term investment as well. You don't get the tax savings, but you get the gentrification, the rebeautifying of an area, all of those things. So you get to go out, you now have another carrot in your arsenal when you're talking to sellers. If you're the only one doing a listing presentation and you can say, hey, your home is in a qualified opportunity zone. Let me explain to you what that means. What that means is X, Y, Z, all these things I just said are going to happen. If I take this to my buyer's list of investors looking for that, I'm most likely going to be able to get you more money for your home than if it goes in the market, not marketed as an opportunity zone. Would that be of interest to you? Would it make sense for you to pay me a 6% commission? But all of these conversations roll from there because you're now the real estate pro. Mm -hmm. It also means that as an agent, a lot of people are always talking about, you know, like you and I both believe in masterminds. Um, We believe in investing in ourselves. I think agents like, you know, they preach invest in yourself, invest in yourself, all those different things. But I think if you're going to invest 
in yourself, it's worth it to consider investing in real real estate assets. So that way, you're not only investing in yourself for your long-term growth, but you're investing in yourself in a way that you have a new light with your sellers and your buyers. When I go to a listing conversation with somebody and uh, they ask me how many listings I've done, I don't do a ton of listings. I do a decent amount each year when you don't include my own property. But if they ask me how many I've done and my, rec- my, my knowledge of it, I can let them know. I own somewhere in the range right now, I think of like 65 to 70 doors. I have investments in this, 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 and this. I know exactly what you need to do because I'm not the agent. I'm the investor, the agent, and the professional. Mm-hmm. So it just adds to your arsenal, just adds more tools, and it just gets rid of all those concerns that your sellers or buyers have. So, so let me ask you something. So <clears throat> let's digress this for a second. And where, where does this whole qualified opportunity zone come from? Like, so this, mm-hmm. Yeah, like so, where, where does somebody find out about it in their market? Yeah, yeah, so all you have to do, and it's any state, just go qualified opportunity zone, Arizona. It's going to take you to your state's page. And you'll look, you'll request from there. Almost every state that I've looked at within the first page says, get an Excel spreadsheet of all the census districts or see our interactive map. So it'll have a map that you can look at and you can start seeing where those zones are based on streets and everything. The nice thing though, um, I think Rebo Gateway has it, but they're they're set up by census districts, which is a searchable field. So if you pull Rebo Gateway leads and then you take that Excel spreadsheet of all of the um, different census districts that count, you can just run them against each other and have only the qualified opportunities on property pop up. So now you have a list knowing, like, I have this list. I know what's going on with it. I can have a clearly sophisticated conversation about the value of this property to that seller. So, and, and and I mean, so everything that you're talking about is of course very advanced and you obviously have a very advanced knowledge, but I think if you take anything from this podcast, which Andrew's got a lot more to share, uh, if you just have the knowledge on the the qualified opportunity zones, it's going to set you apart from everybody else. Like you said, now I, Hey, is it worth 6% commission to you? And, and like you even mentioned, if they know about an area that's a qualified opportunity zone, and even though a property may not be in it, it's just another, it's another saleable item, right? It's another way to, to, to upsell a property and why you can probably get more dollars for it. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. And simple. It's an easy way to get pen to paper, to get a buyer to write an offer. So that way you can start getting down that path of getting more offers accepted. If you can, if they're looking at, say they have two properties that they can't make their mind up on and you can give them real solid, great information on what's going to happen based on this, they start doing a little research on it. If they research it a little bit, they're just going to see that every Wall Street firm, everybody out there that's in the investor world is dumping billions, if not trillions of dollars into this right now. I mean, we're having conversations with hedge funds because they're actually coming to us to fund our projects. They want to fund our projects, which is something we had never experienced before because even, even this build at $4 million, that's, that's nothing to a hedge fund, but we have the asset that they want. 
So they're opening up those doors, they're coming in and they're just trying to basically, the fire's so hot, they can't dump enough wet money on it. Like it's crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. That's all. So, so what, what led you down this path? One, we're always looking, we're fairly creative on what we do. We've done several projects that we follow the codes that are happening and look for basically any, I wouldn't say weakness, but major benefit in doing something that we can capitalize and become the professional on. So our qualified opportunity zone project is actually a combination of several codes and the opportunity zone that we stacked up and just built an, a really great project because we used all of the codes, the affordability codes, our 100% density bonus codes, our zoning codes, our parking codes. We have every single code you could possibly want, except for they're not building it for us on this property. So we're always tracking that stuff. I, despite my jovial play with puppets nature, <laughs> I, I enjoy uh, research quite a bit. So I, on occasion, will just go to the IRS website and read what's going on. I, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that was when it popped up, it, it came up that the commission basically released their notes. The treasury released their notes I started reading it. I found the pages that had all the interactive maps, started looking at it, started realizing that, I mean, I'm literally right now within five minutes of the gas lamp in San Diego, and I'm in a completely tax-free zone. How, how crazy is that? I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's just the opportunity is so huge, but it only comes to those that are out looking for it. And that's, that's been one of the things I've done myself personally is stay very involved with like development, building uh, anybody out there who wants to get um, up to speed in a little bit more of a straightforward fashion, ULI, Urban Land Use Institute. They're all over the country. You can join your local group and they're gonna be talking like, about this like crazy. Say that one more time. It's ULI, it's the Urban Land Use Institute. They're all over. They basically talk about city planning, developing. Great way. One of the agents here in San Diego joined. He's not a developer. Joined. It's, it's 400 bucks every six months, so it's not cheap, but it's not crazy. And I know that he took down from joining the group probably 250000 in commission last year. Wow. wow. <laughs> so, what market? San Diego. Awesome. So, but he ended up, it, it was, there was one we were just talking about. He got the listing from somebody inside ULI and he got the buyer from inside ULI. They both knew each other, but they both weren't talking about their projects or what they were looking for. He had the conversation that the listing agreement signed here, basically went to the other side of the room figuratively and got the, the other guy to be the buyer and made uh, like 78,000 on the deal. That is golden. So that's, that's your second golden nugget uh, that I think that we've got from this podcast. And let me, so let me ask you something else. Let me, let me kind of simplify this. So it, most agents, most humans for that matter, um, aren't going to the IRS website for fun. They're not going to the library for fun. They're not even Googling for fun. So let's, let's simplify this to just your average agent and say, so what is their best, what is the best strategy if they're not Andrew Greer, if they're not as, uh, as nerdy 
I mean that in a complimentary way, um, <laughs> as, as, as Andrew Greer. Uh, what's the best strategy to to add this this element to their game, just to you know maybe get a few more units every year? Yeah. So best strategy: go to your local state website and find the interactive map or the Excel file download, depending upon how you want to consume it. Take those areas and make farms out of them. So create farms of them, pull your Revo gateway leads or wherever you get your leads from. There's a bazillion. That's probably old school. I don't even know if that's where we get them because I don't actually do it. They get done for me. <laughs> so, And do uh, mailers and dials to those areas, offering them this information as their uh, sellers. Reverse engineer it, put out some long tail keyword YouTube videos for your local market. So qualified opportunity zones, Fayetteville, North Carolina, and sit there and just do maybe five three-minute videos talking about what they are with how to connect with you. Go super long tail based on those areas. Long tail means you're not saying qualified opportunity zones here. You're saying qualified opportunity zones in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and it's that whole search. So if somebody goes in and types that, you're going to rank very high on that. It's the only way you're going to win the search game on it. And then just put that over and over again through your description of what it is, how it is, and all that local information. So that way you can become that informational source on that market. Find those areas. I'm putting out, I think, a 10-video series on it. Just rip my stuff off and put it in your market. <laughs> It'll be super easy. But do that based on those markets and be the person that when somebody says, oh, you have a, you have a nice uh, lot and I think we could possibly build more here. And right now this area is selling for a great price. The last thing that you're going to add that every other agent isn't going to add is that, did you know it's qualified opportunity zone? I want to show you a few videos that I put out. This is how I'm getting leads for you so I can bring the buyer to this property it's going to pay more than everybody else. So good. So good. So let me ask you something. Is Does Fayetteville, North Carolina actually exist? Because I thought it was Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, I think it does. I think it's where the military base <laughs> is. I, I, if my brother's listening to this, I, that's where I think you live. <laughs> well, I was thinking it, and then I was thinking somebody else. If I'm thinking it, somebody else is probably going to be thinking yeah. it. So let's just go ahead and hit that on the head. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And, and by the way, Andrew mentions, you know, ripping him off, quote unquote. Um, we call that modeling in our world. Yeah, right? yeah. And and that's just, you know, that's taking this whole conversation back about 10 steps. But yes, if you're not modeling after the people that are doing it at a very high level or just taking little tidbits and nuggets like Andrew's giving you today, uh, that's that's what you absolutely should be doing. You're not stealing anything. You're just repurposing it, essentially. You're just modeling yeah. what somebody else is doing successfully. And this is that. So is there anything else to add to this conversation about the uh, QOZ, as uh, those in the know say? Um, just learn where those areas are. Just know where they are. Even, even if you don't have the opportunity to go pitch on them, something could come up at some point where you're literally just going to be that one notch higher than your competition. And that's really all you can ask for in most scenarios is just to be that little bit better because that little bit better just shines a light on, you know, 
my marketing presentation, my this, my that, my this, when you present, if you're doing that, don't do that because it sucks. <laughs> uh, but, but as soon as you can go for you, about you, about your property, about what I can help you with for you, it's all for them. And that's what it becomes. It just changes that whole dynamic. I can go into that one for a long time. I could also go into how people name their YouTube videos, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> hey, you know what? Sounds like we got to have you back. <laughs> so I love it. I love it. Well, let's 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 move on. So because that's you know, like you said, we could talk about this forever. And at the end of the show, we will uh, we'll, we'll give the listener um, ways that they could potentially contact you. But we're going to make them wait till the very end um, if they haven't already started searching you uh, because you're giving some you're dropping some bombs. Um, let's, let's move over to some more conversation that's along the same wavelength, which is owner financing, seller carries. Uh, let's talk about how an agent could be using that in their game or understand it better to, uh, improve their business. Yeah. So, uh, a lot of people are scared of this doing owner carries, seller carry backs. Um, I will say it is a sophisticated product for a sophisticated seller. Um, so that's a qualifier that I've had every time I've had a seller carry, uh, I think we've done it six times now over the years, all been very beneficial, all been very beneficial for the seller as well. Each time has been with somebody who is either A, already a developer themselves, so they've, they've done it for, one was, it was actually some of the developers from Knott's Berry Farm, which is kind of fun, and they did a seller carry for us, um, but all the other ones were attorneys which is terrifying, but, <laughs> but we just brought in our attorney and, and drew up the documents. But what it did was it allowed us to create an opportunity for somebody who was sophisticated. So you can't go to somebody that doesn't understand how a trust deed works and all of that, but it gave us an opportunity to buy a home at a competitive price based on a lower interest rate than we were going to get somewhere else. It allowed the seller to work with their tax strategy to perform receiving the money in two different years, essentially. So each time we've done it, we've done it in one year with a payment of some type and then financed it through either the next year or even as far out as three years with them so they could plan their taxes around it. What that means is they're going to receive the money that they need and the time span that they need. So it's going to have more value to them. I'm going to be able to finance a property. I've, I've done it as low as I think we put 50,000 down on a $900,000 purchase. So fantastic for us. And we got a competitive market rate interest rate on it. Like it was a conventional loan. So, which, which by the way, that's, you know, so that's 5% down ish. Mm -hmm. And right on. on an investment property, that's unheard of. Which I couldn't have gotten financed because of the shape it was in. So, so it's like bang, bang, bang. There's there's all these factors. Wow. So yeah. so this so this and, and let's let's clarify this. So when we're talking about this this certain opportunity, and I want you to carry on. Uh, we're talking primarily investments, right? We're talking about a seller again. When you say sophisticated, it's probably somebody who has the who makes a lot of money and has mm -hmm. the need. Uh, to divert income, like you said, but you're, so you're coming in. So all of these examples, were you the buyer? Yes. 
So, so this, think about it. So if you're, if you're wanting to invest in, in real estate as investment, if you have this knowledge, you can then take this to those sellers and potentially have access to properties you would have never had access to before at much better terms than you could have ever possibly gotten, which is also why you probably got the property in the first place. Because if, if not, you're buying a $900,000 property having to put 200 grand down, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's, you're looking for buzzwords with them to even see, because we don't like to option people to death. We like to come in with what our cash offer is, what it's going to be. And then hopefully they take that. If they start hitting us and our buzzword for this is tax burden or tax consequence, basically that's coming from this. It allows us the opportunity to say, well, you are aware that we could do this. And that's where it opens up their eyes to how they could take the money differently and actually plan something out. So in every one of these properties, I think the shortest one had ever been owned was 16 years. So they'd all been owned for a very long time. Almost all of them were 100% equity. So, I mean, they were large amounts of money coming to the seller. And any way to defer that planet or, you know, I mean... I'm sure a few of the guys took losses in the year that we were going to actually pay them out. Like they were doing sophisticated stuff on the other end as well. It just opens up a whole new can of worms for them, basically. That's awesome. So is, is there like a strategy that when you go in, you mentioned, you know, you're going to go in with a cash offer um, and then you're looking for buzzwords, but what, let, let's talk to the, let's talk to the, the commoner and just say somebody, you know, just average human being and then they want to go in and they want to invest and, and they know they're going to go in to get financing because that's the only, they don't have cash. Um, is, is it a strategy? Would you say to go straight in to the seller or are you, are you just going to ask certain questions to try to get that out of them? I'm going to, I'm going to be asking certain questions and listening for it. It can scare uh, sellers. So if they're not familiar with it or not at a level where they can consume that idea, you might scare them away as a, uh, as a scam because, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah, you're going to become the bank and you're the mortgage. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> like, right. And if they're not familiar with how the whole process works and it's recorded, it's set against the property, they have title insurance, all those different things, they might freak out. So, um, that's good advice. I, I've approached it. I did a whole campaign for 18 months looking for seller financing when I first started and I didn't get one. So it's, it's more of a, uh, something to put in your utility belt to create an opportunity versus something you can go seek. But if you find good deals, I promise you there's money out there. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, that's, well, and, and you're, you're, you're talking from the buyer's perspective too. I mean, even from a seller's perspective. So if, if you're a seller, you inherit a home and it's free and clear and you don't want to take, pay the tax burden, this is a way to sell it to, 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 to lessen that burden basically. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's definitely an option to present to somebody in a scenario where they're selling because – somebody puts out that they're doing seller financing and they're, you know, I, cause they could be, they could say, I want 20% down, but I'm going to give you a market rate loan and I'm just going to secure it against this. For some people that works. Cause when I first started, I couldn't buy a million dollar property with a conventional loan. <laughs> they would have laughed at me. They'd be like, you're negative on everything. <laughs> like, well, no, 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 I got plans. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so early on, it could be very uh, beneficial and it opens up more doors. It also allows you to charge more. I mean, plain and simple. One of the seller financing deals, we got there because he just had a number stuck in his head. And I said, if you finance 90% of this yourself at market, I'll pay you that number because it works for me there. So that worked out there. And he got to, we all know when somebody's, you know, there's just a, there's just a hard negative you're not going to get through. And it's one way to get through the hardest negative, which is price. If you can create value elsewhere, it's great. So good. So good. Anything else to add on that topic? Um, always hire an attorney. <laughs> so once you start drafting these, get an attorney in to review it. Almost all of them are going to have a promissory note. Almost all of them are going to have a trustee that you can use. As any, kind of, any specific, a real estate attorney, obviously? Yeah, real estate attorney, somebody that's worked with this. Um, if you like, if you have, uh, if you're in California and you use the CAR forms, we have an, the SFA forms, the seller financing addendum, you basically get to write up all your terms on there and you can hand that to an attorney. So they can just plug it in, bullet point it out. Don't ever feel shy about asking these questions of an attorney or researching it. Um, I've always found that I take all my questions, I line them up in very clean and concise order. So that way I have less minutes on the meter when I'm over at the attorney's office. So, you know, don't go in there scatterbrained and don't feel like anything's a dumb question there. I mean, I remember I didn't, I asked if I had to have title insurance on my first property. <laughs> Because I had no idea what it was. So, That's uh, and, I, and I remember somebody told me, it's like, it's like Carfax, but for houses. <laughs> it's totally not what it is. But <laughs> Dude, that's funny, man. That reminds me, and I don't want to digress too much, but I was just watching a skit yesterday about gluten and how many people live gluten-free lives, and they they go and ask people, do you even know what gluten is? That's funny. That's funny. Don't ask me. <laughs> Dude, my own wife does that she's like i gotta be gluten-free like why she's like because it makes me skinny yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work that way uh sorry sorry i digressed um, <laughs> all right all right so let's let's uh let's carry forward is there anything else to add to the um the development side content um or do you want to move over to demoing now if i could tell anybody like lowest hanging fruit out there is to go out and learn your zoning in your farm one, well, first it's to have a farm. And then two, it's to know the zoning of that farm because it's going to open you up to find out who's buying and selling in that area and just open up opportunities to do deals and become the local expert. Just know your zoning. Search know, know your zoning. I mean, how many, how many agents do you think really know their zoning? I'm going to guess 1%. That's not even a joke because people are like, oh, it's single family or it's multifamily. I, I think in San Diego, between single family and multifamily, there's something like 56 or 57 codes. So they are not all the same and they're all different and they have, they all have different opportunities. Plus, I mean, I've learned it when I go into conversations like, oh yeah, this is RM2-5 or this is RM3-9 or this is RS1-7. People just turn their heads what does that mean? And then you tell them, and the next thing you know, they're, they're following you and wanting to work with you because you route, you rattle, rattle off a code that you know because you're looking for stuff in the neighborhood. And it just makes you, it's all about being the pro. Purple bricks, 
Zillow, Redfin, all that crap. They can't beat that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's being the authority. That's it's all. It yeah. Is good. Yeah. That's, that's good. So it's, I mean, if, if the moral of the story is if you can understand and take the time to educate yourself on just some of these goofy things that are a little yeah. bit off the wall, that are a little bit different, uh, you become the expert because it's going to come up in conversation at some point. Somebody's going to be, they're just going to be attracted to you because you're smarter than they are. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it goes on. It's, it's, I can't express how important it is and just, it makes it, it's a game changer. Right. Well, and you're clearly the expert on all of this stuff. And, and I think the, the message you want to get across, because most people aren't going to like you stay in that lane, like that's your lane and you own mm-hmm. it. Right. But most of the people listening to this, most of the agents listening to this probably are just normal real estate agents, right? They're just doing residential stuff. They're buying, they're selling. But this is, this is another piece of the puzzle, right? This is another strategy. This is another bullet for their gun. And if you understand some of these things and you pick up an extra deal or two a year or go hang out with investment clubs, like you said, you mastermind, it could be a game changer. It could take, it could take your business to, to that next level that you want to go to. Love it. Love it. So uh, this is the perfect segue to demolition. Yeah. Not a segue at all. But (laughs) we were talking before we went live here, before we started recording about how he has, uh, how you have some, some rental properties and you're going to demo them, right? So Mm -hmm. let's, let's talk about destruction here for a second and how you can create some media out of that. So, so talk to me. What's that? Yeah. So I, uh, Speaking of mastermind, as soon as I posted this online, somebody from Closing Table actually sent me the idea offline on what I should do. So I'm not going to release exactly what I'm doing, but I will tell you this. So we're demoing properties and this is a perfect example. Everyone thought it was zoned for eight properties. This property had two houses on it. It was actually zoned for 10. So when we wrote our offer, we picked it up, but we were buying two more units. So we had no problem with it. Just a, that was just a little zoning little um so but so we're going to be demoing these houses and looking to build content around it basically what can we do with it i i'm thinking one of the ideas is like a kiki do you love me video like the <laughs> and then having the car run into the house so good <laughs> so trying to do something viral with that um i'm pushing for a couple brokerages i know to like do some like kind of gnarly competitive videos against their uh, predecessors <laughs> by oh. labeling the houses <laughs> and oh. then like having theirs come through on the bulldozer. <laughs> oh, that's so good. You could probably charge for that. That'd be another uh, income stream for you. I'm all, I, you think I'm not charging. <laughs> that's yeah, nasty. We're definitely charging. So, but that's, uh, we're looking at that and then I'm looking, you know, obviously the more I can build around it as far as like, I'm going to do a couple events there. I'm going to do a few different things to talk about the development, all of this stuff, those videos, stuff like that, it changes the conversation. A lot of my clients that actually work with me when they contact me or follow up with me, they'll ask me if I'm not too busy to work with them because I'm putting out content like this. It's, just having that out there, building that content, we go super long tail keyword stuff on these things in this area because I'm looking to buy more houses to redevelop in that neighborhood. Like I, I want that neighborhood. So I'll do super long tail keyword, have the buyer or seller come directly to me. 
So it's all of those things are just key. And then not wasting an opportunity. I've demoed two houses in the last 24 months. I didn't do any videos at cause I was too busy. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> so, and I've got another, we've got seven more coming now. So it'll be fun. We're going to, we're going to put out some great videos. Hopefully we can, maybe I should just start a channel like demo brothers or something, even though I don't have a brother that does this. With me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just get another, another uh, sock bucket, par- sock puppet partner. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, which is funny because we're kind of bookending this podcast with, we started with content, we went into the nerdy stuff, now we're booked, we're ending it with content. And, um, you know, we talk about, the, we could talk about this every single time with every single uh, guest, but, uh, you know, unique opportunities, kind of shifting the way you think to create content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh, yeah. and this is a great example. So, you know, you own rental properties, whether it's like a, a timeline video of, start to finish or whether it's a demo which dude that's going to catch so many eyeballs that's awesome that's brilliant and it's oh yeah like you say you kick yourself for not doing it sooner i think that's awesome yeah no it's it's huge and i mean off of so we have a few airbnbs that uh i own now and um i do facebook lives in there the amount of direct messages i get from people looking to buy airbnbs off of that that didn't know i was in that who want to now work with me is insane. It's so if you're showing like, don't make your content have value for other people. So they want to watch it. And that's like the big thing with content. Like it's either got to be really hilarious or it has to be pretty funny, but valuable. (laughs) So I don't know how to do the serious videos. I just don't know how to do it. (laughs) So, but I in I would never watch them either. Well, I go to the yeah I I read serious stuff. <laughs> well, but specifically, but I, I get the point. In general, generally speaking, if you're putting out content that has no entertainment value whatsoever, the odds of it getting any views besides your parents and your closest colleagues is pretty much nil. Yeah, and and don't thank your clients for your brand new BMW photos. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Everybody has their own style, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. And when we say entertainment too, it doesn't have to all be funny. I mean, like the demo, that's just going to be entertaining because people just don't see it. Mm -hmm. You don't get to see it. You know, I've done videos of people scoping sewer lines and I get tons of views on it because views on it because people are like, I never see this. I don't see, I've never seen this or a countertop getting installed at a property. People watch that because they don't get to see it. Yeah. So that's where it comes in. It's it's home tours, great long tail keyword, but not great for your whole network. You know, you've mentioned that a couple of times. Long tail keyword. Explain what that is. Yeah. So if you have a farm, so like I, uh, I'm in San Diego. I look for properties in North Park, South Park. So I could do qualified opportunity zones in South Park and South Park, San Diego, or I can add whatever it is. But what I'm trying to do is when somebody types in, I'm, I'm looking in my head, how are they going to search this? And I'm making my title based off of that. If I'm going to input a search, like a title, I want it to match the search that's going to be most precise for mine. Cause I can't beat Zillow, Redfin or anything on like Qualified Opportunity Zone San Diego. Won't beat them. But if I do Qualified Opportunity Zone South Park San Diego, which somebody could search who's doing a very direct search to try and find something in that neighborhood, 
I'm going to rank super high on that. So I'm going to be able to get my views and everything off of that. So the, the video might have, say, 700 views after a few months, but it was direct to that video and it was what they were looking for. So my value is much higher to them because it's a direct source. Mm -hmm. So, cause I can't, you can't buy San Diego. You just can't buy that search. You don't have like, I mean, you could have the money, but you're not going to make it off of it, but it's going along with those keywords. So, and also like, don't do, uh, it's, you know, like Dave and Billy, search for homes together in San Diego. No one's going to search like that, you know? So if that's, unless you build a brand called Dave and Billy search for houses, you're not going to be able to win that. So just think when you do your title, what's going to work, what's actually going to be typed in. Um, and then a trick to uh, build that up is the advanced media, no advanced marketing Institute. You just type that in and do their um, headline creator. They will rank your headlines as you create them. I got this one from Roland, actually, at Closing Table. And I just did it for our whole 10-video series. I went in there and I created what I thought the name should be based off that. Then I used our that search and then added the, the um, long-tail keywords to it and just built like these just awesome, intriguing headlines that had the long-tail keyword attached. Okay, brother. This has been freaking awesome. I think we've covered a lot of topics. We have, uh, like I said, we bookended with some content and we talked about a lot of uh, really cool strategies that this is not a common topic that, that we get with most real estate agents. So I think this has been a, no. super valuable. So if anybody listening has any interest or has questions that I didn't ask you, um, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, best way is Andrew at Thomas and then it's a hyphen stratford s-t-r-a-f-f-o-r-d dot com um super easy to find on facebook too andrew greer <laughs> so and it's not the guitarist andrew sean greer it's andrew thomas greer the jovial one from san diego yeah <laughs> he might be from san diego too <laughs> funny he gets a couple cds and that ranks me well Look, if, you have, if you're having trouble finding him, look up the uh, Sock Talk, and that Andrew Greer is the one you're looking for. And then while you're there, go ahead and entertain yourself because it's pretty entertaining. Yep. <laughs> I love it, brother. Well, this has been great. So one more time, give me that email one more time. It is andrew at thomas-stratford-s-t-r-a-f-f-o-r-d.com. Awesome. I really appreciate your time today. And again, if you love this podcast, please like it, share it, comment, give us some love. We appreciate uh, all of that. And uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, next week. All right. Have a good one. See you, brother. Black Coat Agents Podcast.